Hello and welcome back to lessons from award-winning publisher podcasts from Media Voices. I'm Peter Houston and I'm learning all I can about making successful podcasts from some of the winners of the 2021 Publisher Podcast Awards. Next up in this season is Holden Frith, Digital Director at The Week, co-host of The Week Unwrapped podcast, the winner of our news category last year. Unlike its print parent, The Week Unwrapped's mission has been to cover underreported stories, and my first question for Holden when I spoke to him last year was how did that work during the pandemic when coronavirus was so dominant? It was really difficult, and we thought... We thought it had been hard to find stories that weren't about Brexit for the first two to three years of the podcast, but that was a walk in the park compared with finding stories that weren't about COVID. And in fact, it sometimes it sometimes almost felt a bit trivial not to be talking about it. But we soon realised that actually there was a real audience for stories that weren't about the pandemic or that were tangentially about the pandemic. So they were about how people were responding in ways that hadn't been reported. It was, it's certainly not the case that we never mentioned COVID over the past year. There was this sort of gravity about the pandemic in both senses of the word that that sort of drew um, seemingly unrelated subjects back towards COVID and how we were responding to it. But we tried to make sure that at least two of the three topics we were doing each week had nothing at all to do with the pandemic. And then one might be um, an underreported element of it or something that was a change in the way we were living that was perhaps at least partially um, related to that. But I do think there was a there was a real um, a sense of people looking for a bit of an escape. And, you know, some people would find that in, in entertainment podcasts or in listening to music or listening to um, something that had nothing to do with with news at all, but other people did want to know what was going on in the world beyond the pandemic, and 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 that's the need that we tried to fulfil. Was there ever a temptation to start a specific COVID podcast the way some people did? It was deliberate to steer well clear of of doing a, a sort of COVID specific podcast, just because we felt that was quite a crowded marketplace, yeah. and. It was perhaps not something that the the week's area of expertise overlapped with well. Like we don't have a science reporter. We could certainly talk about how the media was reporting COVID, and we could, you know, use our sort of skills as generalists to um to to filter through the information. But it felt it felt really a better match for what we did to to stick with our original brief really and just keep looking for interesting stories that were going under the radar. And as you as you suggested, there were a lot of stories that went far more under the radar than they they otherwise would and in fact you know even even brexit sometimes felt that it was a story that was going under the radar because covid was was dominating the wavelength in to such an extent as i understand the process there's three people and ollie on the episode you guys submit your own story ideas um and and decide as a group did you still follow that process yes it was it was more of a challenge with us all working remotely and you know the clearly covid posed two distinct problems for us over the past year one was the subject selection and then the other was just the logistics of how we produced the podcast and and the first way that it was difficult was actually in just picking stories because it used to be something we could talk about around a desk and exchange ideas and and go back and forth that all changed to slack while Slack 
has many qualities. It isn't. It just isn't conversational in the same way that you can be if you are talking around a desk. But yeah, we follow. We in fact we we have changed that procedure as the years got as yeah as the years gone on, and we've had to make it more formalised, and we've had to actually bring forward the decision making process to earlier in the week because it it was just a more long winded process, and we couldn't afford to be as casual as we had used to be. Um, but yeah, each each panelist comes up with a, a story idea or two, posts posts a, a link to some ideas about what we might talk about it, and between us we we work out along with our producer Sophie King whether the, whether the lineup feels like a good balance. You know, we're aiming for something that's reasonably serious, something that might be a bit cultural, perhaps an international story, and also something that is is more lighthearted or more more about a debate. And so we'll try to tick at least some of those boxes with the three stories we end up with. If you had to define the perfect week unwrapped story, what would that be like? We did one at the beginning of last year, which was about bionic locusts and how microchips could be embedded into the the um, the nervous system of locusts in order to control control their movements and also to read out their emotions essentially what they are thinking about and then we talked about how this could be used perhaps for explosives detecting because locusts have this very very sensitive um, sense of smell and I think that that in many ways was the ideal story for us. It was eye-catching, hadn't got a huge lot of attention elsewhere. It could have potentially you know, useful practical effects in, in the longer term, but it also raised some level of moral question about, you know, should we be using animals in this way? But also, is this the first step to something even more sinister? And, and is this something we should be cheering or something we should be rather anxious about? Is that debate aspect important? It is, and I would say it's more than just being a debate. It's perhaps a conversation is a is a better way of framing it because I think debate it raises the the idea of the sort of Radio Four Today program get two people at opposite ends of the spectrum who are never going to change their mind and just watch them slog it out, which has its place certainly in journalism. But what we were trying to do is much more of a it's three open-minded people, three people who may not actually have a, a settled point of view on topics, talking it through together and working out what they think about it as they go. Sometimes there are subjects where people do come in with, with much more strongly formed opinions. But in most cases, there's at least one or two people who are trying to work out what they think about what we're talking about in the room. And I think that has a very, a very different sort of feeling to it than than a lot of traditional radio discussion shows and i think perhaps that's something that has appealed over the past year where you know there has been there's been a lot of um bad faith debate about a lot of different subjects and and hearing hearing people who are genuinely trying to to reckon with complicated ideas without falling back on ideological positions i think is quite refreshing i actually love that about the podcast is you can start in one place and end up in another place entirely yeah there's space to there's space to think and space to grow you won the news category last year actually for the past few years news has been nuts in this country you've already mentioned brexit now we've had the the pandemic you know you've won this award but more importantly you grew your audience in a year that so much was going on you know there was people doing covid podcasts there was people doing daily news podcasts there was all this going on what do you think's been the sort of secret of 
your success in terms of growing your audience in that period? I think it has partly come down to having faith in the format and faith in the the loyalty of the existing listeners we have and their willingness to to spread the word. And yeah, having faith that, that, that the audience would stick with us and would grow because we did have periods where it, it dipped, particularly around the sort of March, April time last year when everyone went into lockdown, the world felt that it was changing day by day. Nobody was commuting anymore. And I think we saw a lot of our, our regular commuting audience was um, was just not listening to podcasts anymore. But those people came back to us quite quickly. And I think as people established new rhythms, new routines, they they were they were pleased to to make the, the the non-COVID element of our podcast part of their their weekly information regime, and and then also you know as ever with these things there were I was going to say strokes of luck and it is partly luck what gets promoted and what doesn't but it's it, I, you know I have to have faith in the fact that it's also a, that the people were, were liking what they heard we we had recommendations from various other podcasts we appeared on various lists of, of best podcasts in the UK and. We also had good following wins from Spotify, who started promoting us to to parts of their audience. And so adding together all of these different elements, we were able to just build month on month. And, you know, it, it, there is a bit of a snowball effect with podcasting. As you as you gain more of an audience, those people tell more other people. And and I think if you can be if you can be consistent in your output while also being surprising enough that people come back week on week. That does help to um, to build to build that audience, even when the world does feel as if it, if it ended in a very different place from where it began. I get the luck part of that. We all pray for that one. But is there anything you can do with these guys, whether it's Spotify or it's Apple or whoever else, to actually get yourself picked up? It's difficult sometimes with those big big corporations to uh, who, who can seem quite faceless and and are and are very insistent about the fact that they are there is no way to game the system like they 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 have their algorithms or they have their their kind of editorial selections and and there's no way into those i do think however that you know having conversations with a lot of different people within the industry we do talk to apple from time to time we let them know what we're up to I have no way of knowing what what effect that has on 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 where the podcast ends up, but it you know it, it can't do any harm to yeah. to be as active and vocal as you can be. Um, Ollie Mann, our presenter, is is clearly very active in the UK podcasting scene. He he presents numerous other podcasts, too many to count. I sometimes feel like, but he you know that gives us a nice network and a nice way into to other audiences. That and he very generously mentions the week unwrapped periodically. Um, on his other podcasts that helps to to bring in new audiences i'm sure that has some sort of effect on algorithms too if you know if apple sees that there's a, an influx of, of people to the week unwrapped because ollie's just mentioned us at the end of answer me this that's probably not going to do us any harm and not only in terms of the charts but also perhaps in some of those editorial selections so i think it is you know as as ever with journalism it's 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 a bit about networking. It's a bit about getting your work in front of as many people as possible. And then it is a little bit about luck as well. So go back to your listeners. You've mentioned them, the kind of loyalty a couple of times. Do you think your audience as magazine readers who also listen to a podcast? Or do you think of them as listeners separate from the magazine? We tend to think of them more as listeners who 
may be interested in subscribing to the magazine. We know that some of them do, but mostly this is a, a new audience for us. We have had some success in, in promoting the magazine to, the, to the, that audience and um, you know, getting, getting new subscriptions from, from that group is, is one of the, the, the key ways in which the podcast supports itself. But, but by and large, most of our magazine readers have never listened to the podcast. We've just done a, a piece of research in which we've asked them to listen to it um, for the first time, and we found that they are extremely receptive to it when we can get it in front of them. But as is often the case with podcasts, actually sort of breaking down that barrier to entry, particularly if somebody's never listened to a podcast at all, is quite a tall order. But that does help to clarify our approach. We're not, you know, we're not trying to do a version of the week magazine in audio form. We're producing a podcast that is addressing an audience in its own right. And certainly we think that the the way we tackle news, the the sort of approach we have is is very much in keeping with the week's um, open-minded, sort of multi-vocal approach to to news. But it's more that we're we're aiming for a a sort of different wheel of the Venn diagram rather than a direct overlap with the, the magazine. In terms of the, the commercial aspect to that, is that different clients from the magazine or is it clients that are in the magazine that come across to the podcast? It's actually mostly been clients who are buying cross-media partnerships, which have an element of print media spend, perhaps an online advertorial element, and then sponsored podcasts. But we did have at the end of last year for the first time a a digital-only campaign, which was purely sponsored podcasts. It was with a client, American Express, who've um, been long-time advertisers with The Week, but they they had a, a gap in their media plan for a, a podcast um, podcast spend, and so they came to us. The, those those sorts of projects, they're always there. It's a spin-off series for, for Annex. We did a, um, a series of six podcasts called Culture Unwrapped. So there's, you know, we take the, the same sort of approach, but we, we look into a, a theme in a, in a way that's not um, advertorially determined. Like the, the, the client has no direct input into the content, but it's in an area where they're looking to grow their credibility and, uh, and draw attention to themselves. And we've done, yeah, we've done a few, a few of those series. We've had business unwraps with Barclays Bank as well. And yeah, that's been the, the single largest element of um, the, the commercial support for the podcast. We do also have networked ads in the in the weekly episode um, in between items too. Is that like Acast programmatic type stuff? It's DAX, the global radio oh, network, yeah. in fact, but yeah. yes, same principle. Any big plans for <laughs> when we actually go back to whatever this new normal happens to be? We don't have any plans to dramatically shake up, shake up the week unwrapped it feels that it's found its voice it's found what works for it and so really the big plan in that respect is is trying to get the panelists in the same room whenever we can do that safely i think the you know recording recording at the end of um a zoom line and on on remote mics is is something we've adapted to but it's it, it's so much harder to have the conversational back and forth which really is what lends the podcast its charm i think um if you know if we can get back in the room i think we will we, we will we'll all feel that we're able to 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 produce an, an even higher quality
Thanks for listening to Lessons from Award-winning publisher podcast from Media Voices. And a massive thanks to Holden for taking the time to talk to me. You can see the shortlist for the 2022 Publisher Podcast Awards over at publisherpodcastawards.com. This year's awards ceremony will be back in London on April the 27th. And depending on when you're listening to this, you can still buy tickets. Come along and meet the best podcasters in publishing. Get your tickets on publisherpodcastawards.com. Thank you.